welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, we're going to skip east on IH-10 from San Antonio and about three hours from here. If you're going by car, we're going to welcome Dr. Sandra Gomez. She is the Medical Director of Care and Value in Houston and part of the Supportive Care Team for Houston for WellMed, earned her medical degree from the University of Washington School of Medicine, completed her residency at the University of Washington's Family Medicine Residency Program, and completed her palliative care training at the Harvard University Palliative Care and Education Program. Dr. Gomez is board certified in family medicine and palliative medicine. And we're going to talk about that in just a little while, but we want to start out uh, with a hurricane uh, as we speak ripping through Louisiana and into Mississippi. Uh, we know so well in Texas, remembering Hurricane Harvey, what can happen when a hurricane comes. And so we're going to talk with Dr. Gomez about hurricane preparedness. And Sandra, thanks for joining us. Good to see you. Hi, guys. Great to be here and great to be able to talk about this important topic. Well, when you think of hurricane preparedness, I mean, you think of the easy stuff. Hmm, I'm going to need a flashlight and a bottle of water. Pretty much. People start buying batteries, toilet paper, and water and forget about some of the essentials like medication, oxygen, and filling up your car. So I'm so happy to be able to talk about these points. Well, tell us how you can prepare because uh, you know very well in Houston and elsewhere uh, in the wake of Harvey and other hurricanes over the years, uh, they can be really, really disruptive to daily life. Yes. So giving it to your perspective from a Texan, having lived my whole life in the Gulf Coast and having gone through several major hurricanes, I want to talk to your listeners about the good thing about a hurricane is we have time. And so it's time to prepare. It's not just let's wait and see what happens is, you know, about 36 hours before you can, we kind of know where the storm is going to hit. And so it's good to start thinking about, hey, uh, do I need to let people know that I'm in a zone? I'm in a floating zone. Do I need to let people know where I'm going to be in case I had to evacuate? Uh, and what supplies do I need to start getting? And uh, let me talk a little bit about what is essential for our well-med patients. Um, many of our patients have chronic illnesses, as you know, and so make sure you have some medications to last you through a storm. And sometimes not just the three-day supply, but make sure that your refills are up to date. That's why WellMed makes it very easy to get your 90-day supply of medications. So always get your medications. Um, we have special patient populations sometimes that need hemodialysis. What if the power went out and your hemodialysis center was closed? Have a plan with your physician. Have a plan of where would you go in case your dialysis center was shut down. And we just experienced that in Houston when we had a freeze mm-hmm. back in February. A lot of the dialysis centers were closed. And you know, that's one thing that our patients can't go without uh, long-term. Uh, oxygen, that's another big one. If you are in an O2 concentrator, that little plug that goes into the wall, it will not work if you lose power. So make sure you have those handy um, green tanks. And remember, those tanks don't last forever. They don't. No, they don't. No, they don't last very long. So yeah, make that sure was you definitely have those. an issue that we had during the, the freeze. And we had several patients that luckily had gas in their cars and could go and plug in their portable oxygen concentrators in the cars. But otherwise, it's a, it's a very difficult situation to be in if you require oxygen 
um, for, you know, to live if you don't have access to it, so. Absolutely. And then, of course, the basics, right? Secure yourself first. We like to always tell people, put your oxygen first, so secure yourself with medications and the equipment you might need. Uh, those handy cell phones, make sure they're fully charged. Make sure you have those portable batteries for your cell phones. And if you're like me, you have every contact you know in your phone. And what if your phone gets wet? So what if your phone fails? Take those important numbers and write them down on that old-fashioned pen and paper, because you want to know somebody that um, you can call in case your cell phone wasn't working. Your dialysis center or oxygen supply company have usually the stickers on any equipment you have at home. And always make sure you know where those handy insurance policies are because you don't wanna be trying to fish through those in the middle of a crisis. Get that policy out, see what you're covered for, get that phone number and let people know where you're going to be. Give them that emergency number. Um, during the free, same thing. We couldn't get a hold of some of our patients, but hey, they gave us their phone number for their neighbor. So stay with like me just a minute. Very... We're, gonna, we're gonna come right back to you. For folks who are just joining us, I want you to know you're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. And we're talking out of Houston, Texas, with Dr. Sandra Gomez, Medical Director of Care and Value of Houston and part of the supportive care team at Houston for WellMed. We're talking about hurricane preparedness of the news that has been coming out of New Orleans when we record this show today. The show will run at a later date, but uh, again, you're seeing stories about people who have gone up into their attics, people who are on their roofs. Uh, my little daughter, uh, nine-year-old Reagan, said to me, Daddy, uh, how do you get on the roof? Uh, why would you go to the attic? And I tried to explain to her, you go to the attic because the water in your house is up at the ceiling and it's the only place to go. But Dr. Gomez, for folks who are uh, perhaps incapacitated, who can't get up to the roof, who can't get to the attic, what happens? That's a great question, Ron. And I'll tell you what we advise our patients in Houston. If you know you're in a flooding zone and you've been um, encouraged to, to, to move, please do so. Don't wait. I have some patients who are wheelchair bound that it would be very difficult to get to you if you were stranded. So one thing is considered whether you should be moving. Consider those friends who are calling you and saying, hey, can I help? Yes, you may need a place to stay or you may need a ride to the local shelter. The, uh, the nice thing about our public service, uh, the 411 here in Houston at least, you can call and get some information on local shelters. And then I, I'm glad you brought up the, the kid story, Ron, because this is a really good opportunity to teach kids about safety. There's that phrase that says, turn around, don't drown. Right. Well, I'm teaching my 16 and 17 year old how to drive. And we literally drove to an underpass and I showed him those gauges of the water and we pulled the car up and I said, look, you see, our car would be underwater if we were here right now. And you wouldn't be able to tell how deep the water is. That's what those gauges are for. You know, when I first moved to Texas back in the early 90s, uh, coming from the north and east, uh, when I got to San Antonio and up into the hill country, I saw all those gauges and I said, what is this about? This is crazy. And then it rained one day. And uh, sure enough, uh, those gauges are unfortunately pretty accurate. It is. They are accurate. It is scary that people still think that they can drive their car um, right. through the water that they don't know the depth. So please turn around, don't drown. That really is could save your life someday. And, and for those uh, who have no way out, uh, who don't have friends or neighbors, uh, because so many folks are homebound and single, uh, what do you recommend they do? How do they get help? So we are blessed here at WellMed to have a very engaged care management department. 
So if you have been homebound, more than likely you have some chronic illnesses and you have been reached out by one of our WellMed case managers, social workers, or in your clinic, you have a social worker or case manager, make a plan with them. We have the ability to help transport patients. We have comfort care in some of our markets that can help you transport before an emergency. Uh, we can have you on a list to make sure that we're keeping tabs with you. Um, we have ways of helping our well-med patients. We need your cooperation and we need time. So we don't want you to call us in the middle of a storm. We want you to be prepared and planned. So reach out to that case management, social worker. If you don't know if you have one, grab your well-med card and give us a call and we will hook you up with the right department. And for those who are not well-med patients who may with, uh, be with some other company, uh, a provider, uh, call that office and ask for help. Absolutely. Call the provider. The other really helpful is call your local fire department, not as of an emergency, but just say, hey, I need help. What can you offer for me? We also have that 411 number in some of the large metroplex areas. There is help out there, but you have to be proactive and plan. So another important thing is to actually pay attention to the news. Um, you know, this is our typical hurricane season, which normally runs what, like July through November or so is usually when we're most right. likely to get hit with hurricanes. I know last year was a very active year um, and this year could potentially be as well. And so um, you may want to invest maybe in a battery operated radio or, um, you know, so that you can keep track of the news as, as things are changing in the area. But I definitely agree with Dr. Gomez. Um, watching the news, if they're recommending evacuation, you know, find a way to get out. There's no, you know, so many people that decide to stay and weather the storm. And that may not be the best option, especially when they're expecting like this particular Hurricane Ida that just went through Louisiana, um, which was a category four storm. And I mean, that's very intense. It was what, over 140 mile per hour winds? 150 um, at one point. Yeah. And, and we have a friend who, uh, who has a friend in New Orleans who just driving our friend here crazy because she decided I'm going to stay in and, you know, ride out the storm. And immediately all the power went out, uh, cell phone towers. Uh, so she has no idea what's happened to her friend. Yeah. And uh, there's another thing that if you're app savvy, if you have a smartphone or a phone that can support an app, is there are apps now that help you track a storm. And then they have helpful information there on resources. But yeah, that, that phrase of, uh, all the governors and, and mayors of the towns in Louisiana were saying, hey, you know, plan to weather the storm as of midnight tonight. So really listen to your officials. Uh, that's a good point. And uh, as you take a look at how damaging uh, that storm has been, Ida, and the news is with daybreak, uh, lots of the damage now is visible to drones. Uh, the power of those storms, uh, if you haven't seen one or been in one, it's unbelievable. It is. It's uh, it's very uh, heartbreaking to see um, the other, you know, if you did weather the storm and you want to wander out, be careful of electrical lines. There might be lines that are down. Uh, don't wait in water that you're not familiar with. Again, the water thing, um, there might be electrical lines. There might be things underneath the water you can't see. And definitely, um, you know, ask for help if you if you need some, but don't go out there alone. I'm just wondering what's going on. Now I want to come back to you in just a minute and talk a little bit about uh, what you should put together in a safety package, uh, hurricane preparedness package uh, to keep at home. Tornadoes, of course, are another threat, and, and often those have little warning. So we'll talk about preparedness and more in just a moment. I'm Ron Aaron, along with 
our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, and on our Women Radio Hotline from Houston, Texas, talking with Dr. Sandra Gomez. Uh, she is the Medical Director of Care and Value at Houston and part of the supportive care team for Houston and WellMed. You're listening to WellMed Radio. Imagine getting control of your chronic health conditions. For 30 years, WellMed has helped patients with diabetes, heart disease, and other special care needs to live as healthy as possible. We want to be on your journey to take control of your health. Choosing a chronic special needs Medicare Advantage plan may offer more benefits for your unique health needs and can put you with the WellMed network of doctors. Learn more at discoverwellmed.com or call 866-292-0375. Thank you so much for sticking with us right here on Wellman Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. We're talking with Dr. Sandra Gomez, who is the Medical Director of Care and Value of Houston and part of the supportive care team in Houston for Wellmed. We're talking about hurricane preparedness, and in a couple of moments, we're going to flip and talk about palliative care. Before we do that, Dr. Gomez had mentioned to you a moment or two ago, what would you put in that kit you need at home to be prepared for a hurricane? Yeah, so we have our own kit here in my family, and what we like to do is make sure, again, uh, handwrite important phone numbers that we need, uh, battery-operated radio, plenty of batteries. Make sure that if your kid is several years old, that you make sure that those batteries are still good and that your radio is still good. Um, a charger for our phone, so an extra battery uh, charger for our phone. We do have a supply of water. Now, I want to tell everybody, there's nothing wrong with filling up your bathtub. It does not have to be bottled water if you're in a rush or if you're tight on budget. Um, fill up your, your bathtub with clean water and then that you'll be able to use that. Um, we also make sure we have a supply of food about three days, canned goods. Make sure you don't forget the can opener. Sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, where I put that? So um, food that is easy to prepare. I have a friend who actually keeps a supply of charcoal because if he loses power, he brings up those camping supplies and you can cook a meal outside. Just don't use charcoal or any other uh, stoves inside the house because they don't vent very well. No, so they put off carbon monoxide as well. Absolutely. So be careful with those. Um, and then your medications. We talked about that. Make sure you have plenty of meds. Um, not just three days. You might want to have a little bit more. Get your, your refills in on time. Uh, if you're diabetic, some of your diabetic supplies that you might need. Needles, um, testing strips. If uh, we also have a, just a regular you know, emergency kit, just a bread and butter, band-aids, um, ointments, anything that you might need in case somebody gets a cut or a scrape. And then because I do have kids at home, we try to have some activities, you know, because it can get scary for kids. It can get boring for kids when everything's Mm -hmm. off. And so we do try to have a couple of board games or something that we know are are there just to make it sure that the kids have a safe environment. So that's that's what's in my emergency kit. And you mentioned that you have to be concerned about animals as well. You live on a farm uh, and... uh... Uh, during Harvey, you were able to help a neighbor board some horses for them. Uh, animals, unfortunately, can't care for themselves. Absolutely, Ron. I do. I live on an oven acres and I have a plethora of uh, animals. And so if you do have pets, and pets are family too. So make sure you have a supply of uh, food for your pet. I have had patients who would rather feed their pet than themselves. So make sure that you have food for your companion. Make sure if the pets need medicine, same rules. Make sure you have plenty of medicine. 
and make sure you have a comfortable place for your pet to weather the storm. Um, during the, the freeze and some of the other storms we've had in Texas, we put our animals in the barn, even though some of them are outdoor animals, just to make sure they're secure and safe and you don't worry about them. What, what are the furry creatures you have on your farm? Oh boy, your program's only half an hour, so let me go quick. Uh, <laughs> I have cattle that actually just had a couple of baby calves. I have horses, ducks, chickens, bees, um, cats, and a couple of huskies. So we are That's cool. busy. And uh, do you name the cattle or are you send them off to be butchered? We don't name the ones that we send off to be butchered because <laughs> it'd be too tough on the kids, but we do name the little ones. So. Oh, that's cool. And ducks as well, you said? I do. You should taste duck eggs. They taste like chicken eggs with butter. So we have a nice really? little flock of ducks. And we I don't think I ever had a duck chicken. egg. Uh, they're very, very rich and very buttery. So when we have had emergencies like the freeze or Harvey, we had our own little supply of, of, of food, which was kind of nice. We were able to share with our neighbors. That's pretty cool. Well, for hurricane preparedness, if uh, folks have any more questions, they certainly can go to the internet and, and get information as well. I, I want to flip over to something that uh, you're heavily involved in, which has become more and more important and more and more widespread. And certainly at WellMed and at other medical care providers, uh, tremendous emphasis on palliative care, which people confuse with other times, other kinds of end-of-life care. Uh, palliative care is something that uh, WellMed has invested heavily in, and you're involved in it. For folks who are not familiar with it, uh, tell us about it. So palliative care, the best way to think about it is palliative medicine is a specialty. Just like a cardiologist or a pulmonologist, we go to special training to learn about how to treat symptoms for chronic illnesses. Palliative care is the whole team. So in my team, I have a nurse, a social worker, a chaplain in some places, and um, we work together with your primary care doctor to treat the symptoms of a life-threatening illness. And so don't think about palliative care as giving up or a lot of people confuse it with hospice. They think, oh, the doctor's gonna put me on hospice. Palliative care can be delivered and together with your primary care doctor with your other specialties uh, at any time during a diagnosis and of any age. My youngest patient was actually in the womb and my oldest patient was 105. So we, we like to take care of patients at any stage of their illness and at any age. For the patient in the womb, uh, what were you treating? So we were supporting women who are carrying babies that may not live long after birth. And my particular patient, she was carrying a baby that who's, um, we knew had a trisomy, so a genetic abnormality. And in those cases, the babies don't last more than a few hours, sometimes wow. a few days after they're born. And so we needed to make sure that the mom and the family were supported. Because can you imagine that's, you know, most people associate pregnancy with a happy event. And when you know that you're carrying a child who's going to be, uh, have a very life limiting uh, time, it's nice to be able to surround them and add a, that extra layer of support. So I always like to think that palliative care is that extra layer of support we can give a family and a patient during a difficult time. And you'd mentioned <laughs> off the air uh, that there is some resistance in the Hispanic community to palliative care. Yes, yeah, so I would like to tell my people, mi gente, that uh, there's a lot of misconceptions about what palliative care does because we use sometimes medications to treat pain. Uh, people think, oh, they give you medicines and then you die. And it's not euthanasia. Euthanasia is not legal in the United States. Um, 
And so for people who have never heard of it, think about palliative care as an extra layer of support to help you deal with a difficult illness. And unfortunately in the Hispanic community, because of the language barrier, all they keep hearing is medical jargon, uh, big words that they may not understand. And then when they go home and Google palliative care, the first things that pop up is the hospice company. So it creates and adds more to the confusion. And it's important to know palliative care is not hospice. That is correct. So hospice is a benefit that was first offered by Medicare in the 1980s. Hospice is a philosophy of care. It's not a place you go to. It is designed to help patients who have a terminal illness. And what do I mean by a terminal illness? A medical provider, like a nurse practitioner or physician, um, has said, if everything goes the way it is, we think that the disease may take your life in the next six months. And so in order to be enrolled in hospice, you have to have a medical provider say you have an illness that if everything keeps going the same, despite all our best hopes and efforts, could take your life in the next six months. Whereas palliative care can be given at any time during your illness, and you don't have to be dying to get this care is what I like to tell patients. Now, how do you get into palliative care? Uh, Marisa, is that something that you as a PCP would refer one of your patients to? Absolutely. Here in San Antonio, we also have a, a palliative care team that um, helps us with management, especially of, you know, patients that are, um, you know, struggling with some difficult diagnoses that may need a little extra support. And so we utilize doctors like Dr. Gomez um, to help uh, treat our patients. Sometimes it's uh, patients that are needing care in the home, but we also have palliative care uh, clinic visits as well that we have some of our patients do. So yes, absolutely. It's something that we utilize. And how do you explain it uh, to the patient and to their family? So, you know, that's where we talk about, you know, like Dr. Gomez said, it's a, it's an extra layer of care. So it's a team of physicians and it, a whole team, you know, like she said, nurses, physicians, sometimes a chaplain that can help us manage a patient's care um, and with their level of expertise um, at, a, at a higher level to provide support. So, um, you know, we utilize it in patients that have, you know, pretty, you know, significant disease processes that are, that are occurring that need extra support. And that's where we can call on our palliative care team to help out. And I gather, Dr. Gomez, uh, palliative care is not something uh, that you would necessarily stick with uh, for a long period of time. If you start getting better, uh, you can graduate from palliative care. I love the word graduate. I, that's exactly the, the, the term I use with my patients and families. I, you know, I tell them, hey, think about palliative care it's kind of like a wave. You get a wave of support as your disease gets a little more challenging. And then we wave down the support as your disease gets more manageable for you. But the nice thing about it too, is we can come back and forth. You don't have to graduate and then we never see you again. We can add that support as you need it. So that's an excellent term. As you think about your own career, uh, you said you grew up in Texas and uh, end up at the University of Washington School of Medicine. That's a great school. Uh, what attracted you to go there? So the University of Washington had a very strong family medicine program when I was in training. And I wanted nothing more than to, um, just like Dr. Charles, take care of patients at all stages of life. And so I also wanted to see a little bit of the United States, you know, having been a Texan and it's difficult sometimes. College and medical school are great ways of going and not having to commit definitely to an area by going to school. So um, the University of Washington taught me a lot about how to be a very good family doctor, how to give me a lot of 
training to be able to do everything from surgeries to taking care of kids and older adults. And that's actually where I fell in love with the uh, career of palliative medicine because some of my doctor um, teachers, they wanted to resurrect the idea of the house call. So I did a few house calls with them and that really was where I began to love the specialty of palliative care. I have a daughter-in-law who went to uh, her residency and fellowship training at Harvard as you did and found it to be a, a remarkable experience. How did you enjoy Boston compared to Texas? Oh boy, the, that is a very different <laughs> place. And so I really enjoyed the culture. I enjoyed getting to uh, meet a different type of people. The East Coast is just a little different and uh, it was nice for them to see a Texan uh, that we can teach them a little bit about our barbecue and our in our culture here in Texas, but it was nice. It was nice. And I got to train under some of the leaders in, in palliative care. So I cool. really remember that very fondly. I got to stop you right there. And Maurice is giving me the cut signal. I thank you so much for coming on with us, Dr. Sandra Gomez. We really, really appreciate it and look forward to talking to you again. Thank, thank you. you. For Dr. Marisa Charles, I'm Ron Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us right here on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio. Imagine feeling and staying your best. If you have Medicare and Medicaid and live with day-to-day health issues, WellMed can help. Our care model can prevent problems before they start, so you stay healthy as possible. Dual special needs Medicare Advantage plans may offer services you don't get today and at lower out-of-pocket costs. Get lower prescription drug costs, dental and hearing services, and much more. To learn more, visit discoverwellmed.com or call 866-292-0375.